I want to change lives. I want to show people how to progress in their money. I want to show people how to progress in their mindset. I want to show people how to progress in their brand so that way they can take care of their family, take care of their finances, and experience freedom. Well, Andy, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Welcome. Oh, I don't know if you're more excited or if I'm more excited, but I'm pretty excited, man. I'm pretty excited. I know you you have you know just uh, looking at um, how you are actually turning or how you turned your life around or what you made out of your life right college dropout under 30 and taking the world by storm tell us a little bit give us a little bit of a background so so I'm originally raised on the East Coast and it's interesting that 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 uh, you know you mentioned like hey you know let's go a little bit deeper uh, in the beginning of our call, where where you where you said, hey, let, how how do we go deeper? Like, let's go deeper in our call, which is um, which is which is dope because doing all these podcasts, you know, I'll do like forty in a month, and doing all these shows, it's kind of like the same script that's kind of repeated. It's it's like, oh, you know, raised in an impoverished area, started a business, left left, moved to California, became a speaker, and now I now I host tours around the country. So. Let's go a little bit deeper, but the, 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 on the surface, le- on the surface level, I was raised in, in an impoverished environment in the smallest state, in the smallest city in that state, and it was about one square mile. So it was like a crabs in a bucket type of place, and I knew that for me, I wanted to be in a different environment that allowed me to thrive. It was very important that I that I be, I put myself in a position where I can be in an environment that allows me to thrive. So I started listening to personal development and after listening to people like Les Brown, Tony Robbins, Eric Thomas, I got infused with this mindset of growth, of, of going to the next level. And it, I, there came a point in time where I realized that you're always growing and if you're not growing, you're dead. So you're always growing either upwards or downwards. Like you're, you're always going somewhere. And so that's why that, that gave me this perception or this understanding that life is about progression. If you're going up, life is about progression. It's just about going to the next level. So th- there's no success where you end the journey. Success is a journey and you're always going towards something. That's what progression is. Yeah, totally agree. So how did you find personal development in that tiny place in this tiny state? I, I don't know, man. It, it, it might have been a Google search and, and I said, you know, success mindset. You know, it's interesting, right? How much I've been infused with personal development over the last maybe 10 years, 8 years. Probably started off with Google search of like how to be successful. You know, like... I, yeah. You know, so I go from listening to rap music, but but what is the what is how do I become successful? And then you know, watching maybe someone's YouTube video of like how to become successful, and then and then they say a certain a certain person's name, and that person I end up going to search that person on on YouTube, and then I found that person on YouTube that I would, you know so consume their content, and then I buy their book, and then I'm listening to their podcast. Next thing you know, I'm I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I, I, I love that. So I, that's, for many people, you know, they have this this drive is in them, but they are in places where they, you know, where this is not nourished or where it's not taught. You have to do something yourself to figure it out. 
and Google is obviously a good place to go uh, to start that journey. And then, as you said, one thing leads to the other. So right now you are in beautiful California. Your whole life um, has changed and is different. Um, you're running your own business. Yeah, I run a marketing firm as well as I run All Day Enterprises, which is a seminar production company. And uh, we produce com we produce seminars throughout the country. And then my business partner who is walking in, where I'm at the office right now, my business partner who is just walking, uh, we run a progression marketing group, which is a content-based marketing firm that we edit content and we edit content-based advertisement for people so that way they can grow their subscribership grow their customer base and get more exposure in front of the masses yeah awesome and you did that because you wanted to be an entrepreneur yeah I mean I, I now looking back I don't know if I, I didn't want to be an entrepreneur actually when I was 19 so I'm 20 I'm 24 now so this is like five years ago five and a half years ago um, someone who believed in me, we were leaving the gym. He was, I was working at Metro PCS. So, so this let's backtrack even a little bit more than that. I'm working at Metro PCS. I need employees because I I was 18 years old and I was a manager. I was a lead manager at a store. So I was doing so well in sales that they were like, hey, let's put this kid in, in management position. Maybe he could teach uh, these older folks how to sell. So I get into management position. And I'm leading people who are much older than 35, 40, 26, and so on and so forth. And I needed employees. So my only mindset or, or like reach for relationships was my high school. So I, I hired somebody from my high school, gave him a job, and um, we were working out one day. And as we were leaving the gym, he said, man, like, I believe in you, bro. Like, to the point, I think, I think you should open up your own cell phone store. And I was like, man, I don't think I should do that, bro. Like, I'm 19. I'm overweight. Uh, I'm a college dropout. Uh, I, I live in the hood. There's no way I can become successful, okay? And I was, you know, I'm obviously laughing at myself. There's no way I can become successful. And he says, dude, like, I believe in you. And, and you know what? I'll even work for you. Like, like, let's do that. Like, open up that business. And um, after overcoming some fear, overcoming some doubt, and, and experiencing the turmoil of, like, man, I'm about to open up a business. Where am I going to get the money from? I actually realized that I saved seven thousand dollars in a college fund, and I had two hundred bucks in my bank account. But the, this fund over here that I didn't have access to for a while um, had seven grand in it. So I took that money out and I opened up my first cell phone store. Within a year and a half, I made my first million dollars, and I had four locations, and I had fourteen people working for me. So at this time, I'm twenty-one, made all this money, and then, and what do you do when you when you live? in a place that snows all the time and the people aren't too happy and you look around you and you're like, man, like this is not thriving, this is not success, this is not what I envisioned to be success. What do you do? You go to California, you know? So <laughs> so so I took I took a bunch of money, we, we I shut down the location and I said, look, I'm twenty one. I'm more focused on me than I am on a on a business. Cause I believe I was so egotistical that I was like, yeah, I could, I could do this anywhere, cause, cause I wouldn't say it was easy, but it was my first introduction to success or business. So because of that experience, I was like, fuck it, I'll go, I'll go do it in California, man. I'll go, I'll go, and, and, and I, but before I moved, I wrote down what I call values of toil. So for your audience, you want to write this down: values of toil. 
the values of toil was the characteristics, the characteristic of how I want to live my life, of how I wanted my business to be. So there was a few things that I had on that list. That I remember I wrote it down. I had an office, so I had four stores and an office, uh, like a central point. We would house, house all the phones, all the employees would come there for team meetings. And um, I'm sitting there with one of the store managers, Joe. And I say, Joe, man, like, what would an ideal life look like, man? And I said to him, I said, man, I got money, but I can't travel. I can't really travel the way I want to travel. And he said, I want to travel too. I said, well, he asked me, why can't I travel? I said, I can't travel because I'm stuck in this state because I have cell phones, cell phone stores. Like, I'm not big enough to the point where I can just walk away and everything's going to be fine for two months. I can't do that. I'm not there yet. Um, we're doing very well for ourselves, but I still got to come in and fix problems every single day. That's what I'm doing. I'm a, I'm a problem solver for the business. Um, so I said, I want a business where I can travel, where I'm not stuck in one state or one territory. I can, get, I can go anywhere I want to. Uh, I want a business where I can't have an office, but people can work out of the office, but I don't have to be there. Um, I want a business where I'm internationally known. I, and, I, and, I, and I wrote down those characteristics. So when I came to California and I had to choose my, what I was going to do for my life, I went back on those characteristics. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful to get really, really clear what you want because otherwise, how, how are you going to take action steps if you don't know what you want your life to look at like? Yeah, you got to be clear on the vision, on, on the way that your life is going to look like. You got to get, you got to get so clear that when you don't, when you're not experiencing it, you start, you can, you can look at the situation and you can say, this will stay, this will leave. This will stay, this will leave. That's what we call the, the difference between an ideal scene and a current scene or a current situation. That... The ideal situation is that I'm traveling. The ideal situation is, you know, I have a money in the bank. The ideal situation is, you know, I have my wife, I have my kids, I have my my husband, whatever. And you have the current situation, which is, you know, you could be single, you could be broke, you could be no employees, you could be, you know, by yourself, you could not be thriving, whatever the situation is. And what do you, what is it that you got to change to to connect it to? Yeah. So what did you do just for people to understand that might be struggling in their business uh, with their sales? What did you do to start a cell phone store and then to get yourself to four stores in such a short time and making over a million dollars? What's the mindset required? So oh, it, 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 it's to get out there. And, and, and I think when I say get out there, it's different for everybody. So it might be different for me or what it looks like to get out there. So when I had when I had my first location, it was a kiosk. So I, I don't remember, it was like a few thousand bucks or whatever a month. It was it was like a kiosk. And in this kiosk I had nine phones. And it was generic phones. It was uh, what they call blue phones. So I couldn't afford an iPhone because out of the seven thousand bucks that I had for capital, for me to buy one iPhone would cost a thousand bucks or nearly a thousand bucks. And then so imagine me having uh, like being, you know, just walking around with seven, seven iPhones. That's exactly what I had. So I had to allocate the money correctly. So I bought cheap phones that will cost or inexpensive phones that cost like 30 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, you know, so on and so forth. So I had nine phones in my inventory. And, and believe me, when I, I placed those phones, like, like I, I moved them and I placed them correctly because it was my nine phones. 
now my goal, my first goal was to sell these phones because if I once I sell it, I can re-up, get new phones, and take the profit. So what I did was I waited for people at my kiosk to come and buy a phone. And I'm on my, I'm on my computer waiting for people and no, nobody shows up. So I'm like, you know what? I got to get seen. I got to get in front of people. So I, get, I go from behind the kiosk, go in front of the kiosk, and people are walking by, and I'm like, hello. Hello, how are you doing? And people are walking by. Hello, how are you? Welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for stopping by. Like, like I'm in the kiosk, so people are already walking by in the middle of the mall. But nobody stops and buys a phone. Now, I got a couple of days until rent's due, man. Like, this is not, this is, I got rent for the next month. I can't go broke every 30, I can't be broke for 30 days, you know? So, I'm like, yo, I got to start getting customers. So, what I did was, I greeted. My first step is to greet. So, I walk up to a customer. I say, hey, I'm Andy day. How are you? And they say, I'm good, I'm good, but I'm not interested, I'm not interested. I said, oh, no, no, no problem. I would say, what phone do you have? And then they would say, oh, I have an iPhone. I would say, okay, have you thought about upgrading? And they would say, uh, no, I'm not interested, I'm good, thank you, and walk away. So I said, shit, you know what, I got to change my tactic. So you know what? I started doing the silent greet. Because what happened is in the mall, the, 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 the staff would say, hey, I mean, the, the mall executive will say, hey, you can't go and grab people. They can't do that. How are you going to tell me I can't go and grab people? But, but I get it because they have a whole bunch of kiosks. If everyone was going and grabbing people, people wouldn't come to the mall, and then therefore the mall would close. So we did, I did a silent greet where essentially I would lower my voice to the point where people can't hear me. So people are literally, I don't know, 150 feet away from me, and I would be like, hey, and I and I start mumbling, and I start literally, I'm over here talking like this, and people are like, what are you saying? And naturally, what they'll do is they'll get closer to hear what I'm saying. So they're like, oh, wait, what do you say? What do you say? So they get closer to me, and then I'd say, no, what I asked you was, do you have T uh, T-Mobile or AT and T? And I would ask a question that wasn't so uh, in, like so intrusive. I'm asking about data that doesn't go into the, like I'm not gonna ask them like what hey what's your social security number like that's too intrusive. I haven't built my relationship, so I started with a bigger gap in the greet. Is I go for a less intrusive question. So if your people are writing notes, you gotta take you gotta take notes on this. I ask a less intrusive question, and then the more I build the relationship, the more intrusive the question becomes. So before I ask them for their social social security number, I ask them a huge question like, "Hey, do you have T-Mobile, AT&T, or Verizon? Like, out of the big characters, carries which one do you have?" And they'll say, oh, "I got T-Mobile." I say, "Oh, T-Mobile. Okay, I know T-Mobile. You um, which phone do you have? Is it the the iPhone or the uh, the Android?" And they'll say, "So now it's very important to ask questions that uh, what is it? I forgot how how they call it, but but it's like." They don't have an op like they gotta choose one of the answers. I think it's called a tie down. Like they gotta choose one of the answers. You you can't be like, hey, what phone do you have? Out of all the millions of phones in the world, you can't just be like, what phone do you have? So you gotta give them an option. So I'll give them, I'll give them stuff. So I'll give them I'll give them options like you have an iPhone or Android. Oh, I have an iPhone. Okay, great. Hey, which iPhone do you have? iPhone iPhone uh six. Okay, great. How does that look like? Can you pull it out? And they pulled it out. I put it in my hand. I put it right in my pocket. I say, I got something for you. So I grabbed their phone. Now they're forced to follow me. 
So that now I transition to another step called the to call the qualify. So I'm qualifying them to see A, if they're a good fit for my product, and B, if I'm a good fit or if my product is a good fit for them. So I'm asking questions that would qualify them to see if this is a good fit. How long have you had your phone? Are you interested in upgrading? Have you upgraded before? When's the last time you upgraded? So I'm, I'm qualifying them. Based on the information that I get, I then present a solution. So I greeted, I qualified, then I present the solution. So you have the iPhone 6. The iPhone X, you, ha you heard about it before, right? Yes, I have. Okay, great. The iPhone X, based on what you shared about me and you and your kids when you go play soccer, based on what you shared, that's the most important thing that you want. So the iPhone X has a, you know, this many megapixels on the, on the camera, has this many, this many uh, quad-core processors, so that way it's going to focus on and, and produce your content much faster than your current phone is. So, that, so your kid, when you take a picture, it's actually faster and allows you to save that memory. How happy would little Tommy be with mommy having more pictures of him? Oh, Tom, he'll be mad happy. He'll be really happy. I say, great. Then I transition to the clothes. I say, great. So we have two options to get you the phone today. You can finance it or you can pay out up front. Which one do you want them to do? Remember, I'm giving them the tie down. I, I can choose which one. Uh, I, I, I want to I wanna finance it. Okay, great. So we have $40 down payment or $60 down payment. Which one do you want? $40. Okay, great. Where's your social security number? You see the process that I took? Less intrusive. Go to the close. Greet, qualify, present, and close. And, and so once I started doing that and, and started building that, that confidence, that's what literally was able to take my business from zero to 100 real quick. Yeah. And I love how you sh just shared, like, building your confidence, figuring out what works, what doesn't work, and making sure that the service fits both parties, right? It's a good match for you. It's a good match for them as well. So what was actually the very first thing that you ever sold in your life? I was ever sold in my life? The very first thing you ever sold in your life. Um, I sold my, I don't know, I sold my mom on me going out, taking her car, you know. If, that's, if we're talking about products, uh, man, I think one of the, the, like, that I remember was me selling lemonade. I either sold lemonade or I sold candy. I'm pretty sure I sold candy in school, but I remember selling lemonade where my mom was not trying to give me money, and I and I and I said, you know what? I go. I went to my fridge, my my fridge at the house, and there were some like plastic cups that my mom had for parties that she would just leave in the pantry. So so I said, you know what? I grabbed the house lemonade that you know the family was drinking out of, and I took it and I and I went outside and I put a little table, and I was just at the corner of a dead-end street. My, my street was a dead-end street. So, like, six people would pass by, you know, throughout the whole day. And I'm at the corner, like, hey, I've seen people on the internet do it. That's what happens to, like, people on social media. When they see, when they see like, other successful people do something positive and they, or, or well, and they say, you know what, I think I could do the same thing. So, you know, I'm, I'm at this young age, probably sixth grade, and I go outside, and I'm on a dead-end. Six people pass by the whole entire day. So I spend an hour outside, nobody walks by. I'm like, why isn't it working for me? You know, like, I have a lemonade, I have the cups, and I have this table with the wood chipping away, but it doesn't matter. The table's outside, and I'm, you know, I'm, imagine 11-year-old chubby Andy out there, like, looking for people, like, yo, where are you, are you guys going to come and buy the lemonade? So one of my neighbors who would walk with her daughter, 
they would walk around the block a couple of times for their daily exercise. She came around and she bought one and then, you know, I saw my first cup of lemonade and then I got mad so I drank the rest. <laughs> How did it feel when, when somebody actually gave you money for your first lemonade? I was like, yo, man, I came out and, I, and they gave me a dollar? I'm going to go take this dollar and make more dollars. Then, then there was a time that my dad, he uh, he came to my uh, came to my bedroom. I was laying down, and uh, he said, "Andy, I'm going to go to New York. Do you want me to buy you anything? Because when my dad goes to New York, that's essentially code for I'm going to go buy some clothes, and I'm going to go buy cheap clothes in New York. Because in New York, you could buy clothes for like a dollar, like in the hood, you could buy clothes for like a dollar, you know, fifty cents, stuff like that." So I said, Dad, can you get me the Nike Air Forces, the black ones with the, the mid-tops, with the swoosh swoosh, like the, the Velcro with the swoosh swoosh, can you get me those? And then he asked me for my size, and I gave him my size, and then uh, he went to New York. A couple of days later, he comes back from New York with a bunch of clothes because he's sending these clothes to Haiti now, to our family back home in Haiti. So he comes with a bunch of clothes, and there's no Nike Air Forces. And I'm like, yo, Dad, was that? Was, I, th I thought I was going to be the coolest person in school. Like, I... I'm envisioning what I'm going to wear with the Nike Air Forces, you know, like, I'm I'm going to be, like, swagged down. I'm going to be that guy in school, like, where's my Nike Air Force? I don't see them in the bags. He's like, oh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't get them, man. I didn't, I didn't get them. Why didn't you get them? It's too much money, man. It's $160. I said, yeah, but I, th I thought you were going to give me the Nike Air Forces, man. <sighs> you know what? I'm a, I, I got to figure it out myself, man. I realized at that moment... I can't just depend on people. I gotta go get it myself. So I went across the street. It was snowing at this time. And uh, uh, I went across the street and I asked my neighbor, I said, hey, John, can I shovel your yard? I put all the snow to the corner, pay me 10 bucks. He said, I'm all set in there, I have a snowblower. And I was devastated. I was like, man. He said, no. So I went to my next door, my, the neighbor next door, and I said, hey, Martin, uh, Mr. Martin, can I, can I shovel for you? He said, no, we're all set, Andy. I'm gonna do it myself. And I was, I'm like, man. I'm looking across the street at my house, and I'm saying, man, I should just go home. Then I look at to, to his neighbor, to Martin's neighbor, and I look at them, and I say, you know what? I'm going to go ask them. So I go ask, and then they gave me 10 bucks. So I said, okay, it is possible. That's the first thing that I had to know. Number one, that it was possible. Number two, uh, $10 was not enough to get me the sneakers that I wanted. So I kept on going around the block. And then I went around the block and I went to enough properties, enough properties to get 16 deals. And I got the $160 that I needed for the sneakers. I went home, I put the money on my bed, and I grabbed my iron and I, and I cleaned, and I, 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 just, I just made the money look real pretty. Like I just made it look, I just flattened it out. Made, I'm, imagine like this guy who's like 10 years old, 10, 11 years old, like ironing. I closed my door. But my door was jacked up, so even though I closed it and locked it, you can still open it from outside sometimes. So my mom comes in and opens the door, and she's like, what are you doing? And I feel like I'm a drug dealer. Like I'm like, oh, I got, I got the money, you know? And I moved the, I moved the money, and I'm like, this small 10-year-old guy. And, um, but I didn't want to buy the sneakers because now it was my money. I know what it took to buy the sneakers. I was like, I don't want to buy the sneakers, man. I just want to keep the money. Then, then I wanted to scale that business, essentially. So I went to my friend at school and I said, hey, man, I made 160 bucks yesterday. He said, how do you do that? I said, I went door to door. I said, why don't you come work with me? So me and him started this business where we started um, shoveling people's yard and we would split the money. I was able to hit more doors with his help. Then because I got the help, we kept it going to the, the fall where we went from 
the you know from doing snow and then the summer came now we were cleaning up the the, the leftover of the, the the leaves that fell and so on and so forth so we were raking people's leaves and so on and so forth so we kept that business and i became a young entrepreneur what a story. I just love it. Uh, we are running out of time for this wonderful episode, but I want to make sure that we send people to uh, progressionticket.com to check out your site. And I have all the links to you um, also in the show notes. So it's just one click away. Yeah, progression and, um, ticket. Progression ticket. Essentially, now that you hear that, that's kind of the beginning of my story. I, you know, I did the cell phone thing. Then now what I realize is that people need the opportunity to learn how to do it on their self. Like to learn how to, how do you make a million bucks? Like you, there's a, it's not about the money or, or the, the business, it's actually the mindset. So the progression conference allows people to have that mindset. So when I came to California, I became a speaker. Now I host seminars teaching the mindset of how to literally revolutionize your life. And that's what progressionticket.com is. And now we're going through every city in the country and soon we'll be coming to Germany. Awesome, awesome. Well, I can't wait for our next interview. I have so many more questions. Um, so let's send people to progressionticket.com. And if that's too complicated, just go to the show notes and you will find all the resources there. And, uh, just, you know, it's one click away uh, to Andy. Just hop on over, click, and uh, check it out. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Progressionticket.com. Thank you so much. So I'm so, so excited to have you back on the show and you're welcome. Man, I'm excited to be back on the show, baby. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. So um, we talked about your first business endeavors as a child, really making sure because you wanted the Nike sneakers that you had to show up for yourself and to do something to get the money in. Then you got the money and then you figured that, well, maybe so hard earned, you might not want to spend it on sneakers. But you also understood that there is a system. So you started your first uh, little um, yeah, company together with a friend, um, helping neighbors shovel snows um, and, and really make a difference and support them. Uh, with their properties right right and then you know it, it just went on and on so do you think that there is such a person like a natural sales person i don't know I, I just think that people people want you know it's like what what are what do you want the most and and are you willing to give up fear like what are you willing to give up are you willing to give up your dreams or are you willing to give up fear so you got to kind of make a choice like Oh, you know what? Because I just saw a post on social media recently, and it was like the post said something like, uh, "Like you have to believe in one one of the two, your faith or fear, and both of them, both of them you can't touch. Both of them are absent. So, like, which one are you gonna believe in, faith or fear? And it's a choice. So, I think with with that being said, it's kind of like when with sales and, and with especially what you do in your organization with your with your clients. It's about overcoming that fear and say, I have faith. I have faith in myself. I have faith in my product. I have faith in the customer. And and, yeah. and, 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 and I have and bridging that gap. Like I have the product here. I have the faith to my right. I, I have the product here. I have um I have the product to my left. I have the customer to my right. And in between I have faith, which is that the customer will buy. So in in presencing faith, then what I'm gonna do is I'm going to do the work to get the customer to buy. What do you think is the biggest challenge 
for um, you know an entrepreneur just starting? I think the biggest challenge is self belief, and and you have to create systems. You see, if you actually break down the word discipline, sis- discipline is about following a system. I used to think that discipline means that you are mentally strong. No, discipline actually just means that I follow a system. So at at school, are you disciplined? Do you follow the rules? So you have to create your own rules. And and so one of the one of the things that I see that that breaks down entrepreneurs, especially new ones, is that is that belief. So when I was 19, and that I shared in the previous podcast, and I, and, I, and I and I opened up my first business, I didn't have belief in myself. So I took someone else's belief and I used their belief on me to literally allow me to open up my own business. But had that person not be there, I probably wouldn't be where I am today if that person didn't have belief in me. Now, however, that's a that's a that's a great you know scenario for my life. But sometimes you might not have someone to believe in you. So what you need to do is you need to believe in you. And how do you believe in you? The way you believe in you is you create a system that allows you to have belief. So the system that I have, because now there's a lot more people that believe in me, but I'm going past the limits of what people's belief in me is. So I got to believe in myself at a greater amount than everyone else. So everyone might believe me to, oh, Andy, Andy, Andy's at level five right now, but Andy could definitely be at level seven. And in my head, I'm like, no, I could be at level 15. But there's only 10 levels, Andy. I'm going to create another five. You know, and so the system that I use is I remind myself of, of how powerful I am and I give myself daily affirmations. Like, there is nothing that can bring me down besides myself. So one of the affirmations I, I share, do you recognize how sexy I am? Like, I'm one of the most sexiest men alive. And I use the affirmation. I, I, I embody the affirmation. I walk around and I'm like, man, did you see that woman? She looked at me. I think she recognized how sexy I am. And my, my, you know, someone might look at me and say, no, dude, you have a ketchup stain on your shirt. <laughs> you know, I said, oh, but I'm still sexy, though. Regardless, I'm, I remind myself of how great I am, how amazing I am, how powerful I am. That's number one. Number two, I acknowledge my progression. I acknowledge how far I have come from where I once was as a, as a 16-year-old boy living in a hood in an impoverished environment where bloodstains uh, 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 took up the floor in the cement and gunshots were heard and nobody shook and nobody was afraid because that was so normal. That was where I was, but now I'm living in California. My my house is literally 0.9 miles from where LeBron James plays at the Staples Center where the Lakers, Lakers play, and I'm living in a different lifestyle. So I recognize my, my, my progression, so I acknowledge myself, and I say, Andy, you created that. Of course, with God's help, but you created that. So you recognize your progression and you recognize your power. No one can stop you. There is nothing in this world that's bigger than you in your mind and your world. So do, do you have a morning routine? Do you have something you can um, advise people to do? Because when maybe they're just starting out, but they now say, well, you know, I'm, I'm really great at sales. I enjoy sales, but, you know, the truth is they don't, and they don't really know how to get themselves to do that. What could you recommend? Man, what could I recommend? Because I mean, everyone is different, and and I think for, I don't have like the the only thing I do in the morning is it's like every morning it's like, I I I thank God, well like when I go to bed I just lay down and I just like thank you for the day Lord like this that's, that's that and wake up like thank you for the day because you know there's people in my circle that have passed away, 
Um, there, there are people in my circle that are in prison right now for the rest of their life, and then um, they probably won't come out in this in the in the next four generations, the next five generations. They won't come out uh, of, of prison, so they'll be behind walls. And I and I and I and I laid my head down, and I recognized the freedom that I have and the opportunity. Um, every time I walk into my apartment, I say, you know, I have such an opportunity right now. Like, do you recognize the opportunity that you have just by being alive? that you have on this podcast is why you have with listening to this you have an opportunity of a lifetime and it's life so take the ad- opportunity of life and take advantage of it so so it's not really uh it's not really a system or a routine for that aspect but it's definitely a mindset that nothing can stop me like i'm not even a fucking human being and and when i work out in the morning i work out at, at four o'clock in the morning every morning and the people that I work out with, um, because I'm a leader in that environment, I made it a custom to share I'm not a human being. Like, I, like I, when I would lift weights, I'm not a human being. That takes me out of the human experience, which the human experience wants to feel comfortable. The human experience feels fear and acknowledges fear and does as fear says, which is a submission to fear. That's, like, that's human being stuff. I'm not a human being. So I recognize that and I, and I share that with myself. So these affirmations that I continually, what I essentially do is I give myself the affirmations that are, uh, are opposite of what I feel. So if I feel, if I feel comfortable, hey bro, you're not a human being, like do something to get uncomfortable right now and go to the next level in your life. Yeah, so you're cheering you on um, all the time. Um, are you, are you, or do you think it's good to have like this harmony and balance in your life or are you just pushing all the time? What do you think? So <laughs> there is, um, there's people in my circle that say fuck balance. All right. Say there's no like, fuck balance. But I, I think what happens is not actually shared what they're talking about because what balance means to me might be different to you it might be different to your listener so harmony i think would be the best the best way to make it work you know i yesterday this is this is some real stuff yesterday i had a uh I, i'm questioning like even if i should like post it put it out there but you did ask me to go a little deeper so yesterday there's a woman in my life that uh gave me so much love and affection that i actually repelled it i actually pushed it away and i focused on my business more than i did on her and that that was like one of my one of my mistakes, and and I'm sure that many business successful businessmen end up having that where they push away their kids, they push away their wife, and I just happened to have that experience at a young age. She wasn't my wife, she wasn't a child, so so but I pushed her away, and I realized what I was doing, and it, and and I looked at the past. I laid down on my bed thinking about the past of our relationship, and I said, Yo, like what took us downhill? Like what what is it that took us downhill? And it's like a, as if it was like a black and white movie that played in my head all the times that she came to me like, hey, I got, you know, let's hang out. And I'm like, I got to work. Oh, oh, hey, let's, let's, uh, you know, let's talk about this or this is what I'm going through. And then I'm like, yeah, I got to work. And, and then when I would want to get away from work, that's when I would go to her and be like, hey, what do you want to do? Let's go do something. And she would like, oh, I thought you had to work. You know, like, so, so that really broke our relationship. So I haven't. I, I still I'm madly in love with the woman. However, I haven't been I haven't uh, we haven't been together in a year. We've, we've been uh, separated for a, maybe like a year and a half now. And for the first time in a year, I got to see her yesterday. 
And I said to her, I said, I know where I went wrong. I was trying to have it balanced where I would have a percentage given to you and a percentage uh, given to this at a cer like certain times. And I realized that's not life. So, so what that could look like. So I think uh, where a lot of the gurus or whatever you want to call them, when they talk about balance, they don't really share it effectively. So I'm going to share with you effectively here for your audience for the first time ever probably on social media, on, on the internet forever. But essentially what it looks like is that I get to do the both and. This is a mindset. I get to do the both and. So when I'm talking to my woman, how do I make my business operate effectively and efficiently and still talk to her? How do I, how do I uh, work out and my business still run or, or my, my wife be happy? There's a process and a system that you have to, to use. So here's something that, but, but you got to be cognizant. You, got, you have to recognize that it's going to happen. So in my company, I have about 23 employees. In my organization, it's very imperative that the team knows where Andy's at at, at all times. Right? So uh, my vice president just walked by over here. So he knows, like, hey, Andy's currently doing an interview. Right before I got on this call with you, Christine, my assistant and my sales and marketing manager are recognizing that, hey, I, they see my calendar. They say, hey, he's on a podcast. Do not contact him at this time, but hold your questions off. So this allows them This allows them to know what to expect because what could happen if it's not harmonious, what could happen is that they try to hit me up and I'm like, hey, no, I'm busy right now. And, and as they're trying to enter into a conversation or communication, I, I push them away. So how do I get to do the podcast and get their questions answered and have them feel a certain way? I create systems. So you have to have a system and be disciplined in the system that you have in your whole entire organization. And your organization could be your life or just you as one person, which is an organism. You are one organism. Or your whole organization, which is your house, or your organization as your company. You have to have systems. Yeah, and you have to create them and you have to stick with them to make them work. And you have to stick with them to make them work. So it's not about balance. Balance is going gonna, is gonna to throw you off. Balance is when I a hey, between ten to five I love you, between you know five you know nine nine to five uh, between nine to five I'm at work between five to nine I, yeah yeah nine to five I'm at work between five to nine I love you between ten and and, and, and six o'clock in the morning I'm sleeping don't talk to me you know that's the balance harmonious is that hey my girl can come my girl can come walk in right so if I had a girlfriend right or if I had a woman during this time in my life she could walk in. And it takes confidence to do this. She could walk in and say, hey, instead of me saying, no, I'm on a, I'm on a podcast, can't talk to you right now. I say, hey, come on, come meet Christine. And then I, I'll say, hey, Christine, this is my girlfriend, so-and-so. And, and what do you think about this? And I, I could ask her a question, and that would still add a value to the audience. That's mm -hmm. harmony versus balance. Well, that's the end. It's inclusive. It's inclusive. I like the way you put it. It's inclusive. Yeah. So, I mean, do you have a bad day once in a while? Of course. Every day is a bad day. Every day is a bad day. Every day is a bad day. If you, but, if but, you don't make it good. No, I mean, every day is a bad day. If you think about it, every day is like, there's always something wrong. But, there's a, but, but also, every day is a good day, too. You know, so, like, I came into the office. I came to the office at 7.30, and I'm dealing with problems. So, I'm like, oh, shit, it's a, bad, it's a fucking bad day. And then I'm on a podcast with Christine. Oh, damn, it's a good day. You know? So it's you recognizing that there's ups and there's downs. So there's no bad day or good day. It's just 
is what it is. It, it's it's a day. Yeah. So when it's like not going so well, what what do you do to make you feel better? It depend, depends. Depends how challenging it is. So if it, but but what I typically do is like, yo, this is gonna be a great story. You know, like this is like whatever your challenge is. This is gonna be great. When I share a podcast, this is gonna be great. Like the challenge that I'm going through right now, like if it's really if it's really challenging, this is gonna be really. I'm, I can't wait to get on 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 um, Christine's podcast in 2021 and and share this story that I'm going through today. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's gonna be dope. Like how I'm gonna tell the podcasters like how I overcame this. You know how I overcame this challenge. Depending on how bad it is. If it's, if it's as bad as like, hey, a, a client, you know, decided to not work with you, then hey, man, so be it. Yeah, I, I love that mindset. So what would you do like if somebody is not really strong in sales yet and they kind of get over the fear, they start calling or knocking on doors or going out there um, to have conversations. And then after the, let's say like the fifth no, they kind of get a little bit discouraged. What would you tell them? So do they have a, who am I talking to, the actual person or the leader? What, you're, ta you're talking to the person that wants to be better in sales and wants to be a leader. So because I'm a leader and I, and I deal with that on a daily basis, I have to give them analogies based on stuff, stuff that they can understand. So one of my new sales reps, right, she, um, she has kids. She has uh, like, a, like a, a toddler and a baby. So I don't know, maybe one is just walking, the other one's like, you know, crying and baby. So she, I, I'm going to give her an analogy saying that, hey, let me ask you a question. If Blue, which is the, the son's name, the, 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 the walking, if Blue started walking and he fell down, like he got on his feet, which is like you getting on the phone, and he fell down, and he started to cry. Would you tell Blue? He said, "You know what, Blue? You don't need to walk anymore. Let's fuck. Let's quit. Let's just quit. Let's quit right. Let's quit while you're ahead. Just quit. You know, as time is not gonna stop for you, so just quit. And he'll be 60 years old, and he won't walk. Is that how you want to raise your son? No. What would you tell Blue? Get up and keep going. Eventually, you'll get it. You told yourself the secret then." I'll tell you, and then I get, and I share with them the stories that I've experienced. Like, hey, I don't close, I don't close, like, right before this call, and I was doing the team meeting, and this is a, I'm going to give you, this is a great example of harmony, right? So, so we have a team meeting with my, my, uh, my front, my, my leadership team every day at 930. And so I'm getting ready for the call, and that we, we use a, a, a chat serve, chat company for the whole organization to chat. So I, I get on a group chat with them. I say, hey, you can, guys can hop on the Zoom call. I'll be in it on five minutes. So I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating I will close this deal in five minutes. And what happens is that I don't close a deal in five minutes. Like I'm still, you know, conversing and presenting the solution and trying to close the deal. And then, um, then so what I did was I told them I'm going to be on the computer in five minutes, on the Zoom call in five minutes. So I got onto the Zoom call and I muted my, my, my laptop. And I was presenting the solution, and they like heard me. They're hearing me, and this is like the first time that they're hearing me, like with this intense negotiation. I'm talking about we're going back and forth, like on on minute stuff, but it's it's intense. And they hear me, and I'm like, hey guys, when you schedule an appointment with a with a prospect, this is what I go through in the negotiation, just so you guys know. And so to them, it's valuable, but also to me, it was the opportunity for harmony 
to teach them what I'm doing, but also do the both and. Yeah, and, and to, you know, I think as a leader, they have to see how you do things so they know that you are doing what you're asking for as well. Right. But to answer, to answer your question, it's definitely to give the knowledge that they understand that they got to keep going. Sales is a numbers game. You know, right now, like after I get off this call, I got to call in, in nine minutes with a, with, a, with a client to present a solution to, to them. So it's a numbers game and it's about hitting as many people. Um, there's another salesperson in my organization that they've been holding on to one lead for a week and three days. I'm talking about the opportunity to present the solution or the, the opportunity to present the, the offer was on the day, that same day. But instead, they, they, they wanted to drag it on for a week and three days. And I, and I said, hey, there's consequences with that. Like you dragged on this opportunity for a, for a week and three days. There's, solution, there's, there's consequences. And that's because there's a lot of knowledge gathering before action is taken. In my organization, I say uh, one of the terms that we have is uh, action before knowledge. It's, it's like a principle that we live by. Why? The reason why is because I didn't, if, if I was supposed to be knowledgeable, then I would still be in college right now trying to figure out business and saying, hey, one day I might own a business. I'll be million of, millions of dollars short than I, what I am, experiences short of what I am, living on the East Coast because I wouldn't have been able to afford California, living be below my potential because I was trying to get knowledge be before I took action. And guess what? Knowledge is like a waterfall. There's always more coming. There's always more knowledge. So if you think you're trying to fit it all into your brain and then take action, you're gonna you are gonna die regretting yourself because you never took action. So knowledge yeah, action before knowledge. Yeah, I love the action taking piece. I always say stop just dreaming act now because you know nobody's gonna like deliver your dreams while you sit on your couch. Exactly. So is there any book that has influenced you that you would like to recommend for people to leave uh, to, to, to read? No more average. No more average. Yeah, you can actually get that book at nomoreaveragebook.com. It's a book that I wrote. But this book is one of the books that when I'm when I'm in a, in a situation, in a funk, I open up my own book. Because that mindset that I shared was one of the purest. I was in the purest mindset at that time. So there comes a time where you constantly, when you're constantly getting defeated or you're constantly getting hit, and things get rough, you start questioning, like, should I keep going? Should I get a job? Should I go after my goals and my dreams? Should I still, like, what should I do? I have a, I have a, a mentor of mine, but he shares with me essentially that he gets a lot more value than I do from him. And I said, how? Like, how, what, what do we talk? The, well, essentially, my youth of knowledge, my youth of experience Compared to the 40 years that he's been beat down and trying to win. I mean, he's a multi-millionaire, but, but to get to that level, you experience a lot of mindset uh, uh, challenges and, and pushes from the economy and so on and so forth. You don't get easier because you make more money. It gets harder. So he says he hangs with me because I'm so excited about life. I'm so excited about going to the next level. So I read my own book and I say, man, it, the fact that it came from me, Number one, it means a lot. But number two, what I share comes from a, a, a youth childlike mentality of going after your goals. 
And if you follow the principles, you're going to start producing results that you never experienced before. That doesn't mean you're not, you're not going to feel challenges. You're still going to feel them, but you're going to overcome them much easier with a mindset like a child. So I come from a childlike experience in, in that book. So no more averagebook.com. Yeah, love it. And um, I'm going to put it in the resource section as well. So um, let's send people to the progression ticket um, and just let us know what it is, what people can expect, and um, yeah, why, why they should go there. So I, wrote a, I, I created a seminar called the Progression Conference. The Progression Conference is a one-day business event focused on three things, sales, marketing, and personal development. And we hone in on that because I reckon, we recognize me as in all the speakers in the organization. We have a belief and an understanding that if your finance increases, then you can spend more time with your family. And if you're spending more time with your family and your loved ones, you're experiencing freedom. So we focus on finance so that way you can spend time and, and love with your family so you can experience freedom for your life. Love it. So it's progressionticket.com. Progressionticket.com. You see the way I say it too? The way I say it is like as if it's for an advertisement. Like, welcome to progressionticket.com. Like, like, it's funny how I say it, man. You know, I'm a complete advertiser, man. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, Andy. I really appreciate this conversation. And I love the energy you showed up with and what you have already accomplished in your life. And I can't wait to you know, hear more and see more of your success. So thank you so, so much for um, having been with us on Hard Sess Podcast. Thank you so much for having, having me on your show. It was such a blessing and an opportunity.